0: The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Servicemaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded.
2: Sixty-six million and counting. That's the last number I saw for the uh, the number of views on Twitter for Tucker Carlson's video that he posted, I don't know if it was last night or early this morning. Meanwhile. The Fox report that was on at 8 o'clock last night instead of him had 1.7 million viewers. That's a little more than half of what Tucker Carlson Tonight got on April 20th a week ago. Brian Kilmeade, uh, I should say Kilmeade, seems like a nice enough guy, nice sense of humor, but he made it clear long before he filled in this week uh, for Tucker that he's not Tucker Carlson and he'll never sniff the kind of uh, kinds of numbers that Carson put up. The website uh, Mediate came out with a piece today called Who Will Replace Tucker Carlson at Fox News? They offered six possibilities. Greg Gutfeld, no chance. He's already number one in his time slot, and that's, that's not the kind of show he'd be good at. Tulsi Gabbard, nice woman, smart, gutsy, no chance, a TV amateur. Kaylee McEnany, Trump's former press secretary, forget it. Brian Kilmeade, as I said, nope. Pete Hegseth does a nice job on Fox and Friends weekends. Not good enough for prime time, at least not yet. And Jesse Waters, well, he's Tucker Carlson light and not in the same universe as a thinker, a writer, or a TV performer as Carlson. So the answer is there is no known replacement right now for for Tucker Carlson. And the fact that he was able to set up a camera at his house and get 66 million views with no help from Fox News, shows how the world has changed since he replaced Bill O'Reilly six years ago. Now, those aren't 66 million different people. Obviously, some people watch it many times. But we're talking about 66 million times somebody punched that key to watch that video. And if you're really good at TV, you don't need to have a TV station or a network to reach millions of people. That's proof uh, right there What just by what Carlson was able to do. And as bold as Tucker Carlson was on Fox, he still had a filter when he was on that show. The next time you see him, he'll probably be unfiltered, and that's worth waiting for. And maybe there is somebody out there who Fox can put on at 8 o'clock every night and get 3 million viewers. But he or she, uh, not working in their building right now, and nobody has dropped a name yet that anybody should bet on. Anyway, when we come back, the Secretary of Energy has shown that she knows even less about the military than she knows about energy. And that's saying something. And in our second half hour, 673 college professors in North Carolina have signed a letter opposing the teaching of courses on America's founding and the Constitution. One more reason to think long and hard about where and if your kids should go to college. Stick around.
1: Inflation is pushing up the cost of just about everything food, gas, clothing. But life insurance, which, thanks to inflation, you need now more than ever, actually costs less today than it did a few years ago. Now is the time to get the insurance you need at a price you can afford. Call Select Quote now, and we'll help you save more than 50% on term life insurance. In a hurry? don't worry with select quote you can get up to two million dollars in instant same day coverage with no medical exam that's right get up to two million dollars in instant affordable same day coverage with no medical exam in under an hour
0: call select quote now at one 800 eight507 2266 that's one 800 507 2266 or go to selectquote.com now and get up to two million dollars in instant same day coverage with no medical exam that's one 800 Full details on example policies at selectquote.com slash commercials
2: Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest and coolest pillow you'll ever own for my exclusive listeners the my pillow 2.0 is buy one get one free with promo code stag my pillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100 made in the usa and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee just go to mypillow.com Click on the radio listener square to get the buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought My Pillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code STAG or call 800-716-8087 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now.
3: Spring cleaning is upon us, but there's one meaningful box that you don't throw away when cleaning out your closet. It's the box filled with your family's important videotapes, film reels, and photos. Hi, I'm Adam Baslogger, And I'm Nick Mako. We started Legacy Box over a decade ago to help families organize and update their analog media to digital. Legacy Box is simple and easy. It works and is safe. Over a million families have trusted Legacy Box. And Legacy Box has been featured in Good Housekeeping, The Today Show, and Rachel Ray. Legacy Box is like magic, converting your shoebox of memories to the cloud or thumb drive, ready to watch and share. Declutter your closet by digitizing your media. Become more organized and accomplished, knowing your family's recorded past is safe forever. Take advantage of our spring cleaning sale going on now. It's the easiest task to check off your to-do list. For a limited time, you can get started for just $9 a tape. Visit LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 sale. That's LegacyBox.com slash LBOX to get our $9 offer. LegacyBox.com slash LBOX.
4: Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes.
5: You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing, you were actually listening?
4: Absolutely. I'm like Alexa. Alexa.
5: Okay, so how does JD waterproofing protect your home?
4: By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And? By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow.
5: Pretty good.
4: Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And, JD waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage.
5: I couldn't have said it better myself.
4: Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY.
5: J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-VERY-DRY. The John Steigerwall Show. AM 1250, The Answer.
2: So, um, so where do you plug in an electric aircraft carrier and how big's that battery going to be? That's what I've been wondering since the Energy Secretary, Jennifer Granholm, uh, she said yesterday that she'd like to electrify the military by 2030. Daniel Turner, the founder and executive director of Power of the Future, I figured he's the perfect guy to ask that question, and he joins us now. Daniel, thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me on, John. Always a pleasure. So uh, maybe she wasn't talking about aircraft carriers yet, but uh, that's the ultimate goal, isn't it? I mean, are we going to be seeing electric fighter jets and uh, tanks? Is that the idea? Uh, I mean,
6: not in our lifetime. We're not going to not re- not remotely. Well, she would so like to. Kind of. Well, she would like to. Well, there's lots of things I would like too. You know, yeah. I would like world peace. I'd like to grow all my hair back. Yeah. Um, so you know, but, but but these are not serious policy positions. And and quite honestly, I don't want to do anything to the military, despite our good intentions about climate change, despite our good intentions about equity and diversity. I don't want to do anything to the military that will distract it from its mission, which is protecting America and its vital interests. Yeah. I think the Chinese love the fact that they think we're going to electrify our military because they are not. And they already have a bigger Navy. So they will now have a, a, a more powerful army, I guess, too.
2: Yeah. The the military for me is for killing people and blowing things up that, you know, and, and wanting them to be better at that than all the other guys. I don't think it's any more complicated exactly. than that. Um, so, But but she said, I guess it was yesterday, she said she wants to make every military vehicle climate-friendly. I, yeah. I, I just wonder how, how many eyes rolled over there at the Pentagon. Uh, maybe not enough. I don't know.
6: Well, w- with no offense at all to the secretary of this comment, but let's just be honest, what does she possibly know about the military? She has absolutely no military background. She has no military experience. So it, it is wonderful to say I want the military to run on electricity, um, but but she doesn't know. You know, here's a wonderful question for the Congresswoman. How many how many gallons of diesel does does an Abrams tank use? Right? How many miles uh, 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 per gallon? What th- does does uh, an F1 uh, uh, use? Right? Like like these are these are things that and I don't even know much about the military, but I do know about the laws of thermodynamics and I do know about the combustion engine and I know why. The electric batteries are failing to keep up with the combustion engine because of, of the volatility of hydrocarbons. So for this woman who knows nothing about electricity uh, to be tinkering or about energy to be tinkering with the energy industry, now she wants to tinker with the, the, the military. Uh, we've had enough of these 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 ideologues tinkering in issues that they don't understand because we are all suffering the consequences, whether it's lousy trains, whether it's uh, 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 the airline industry that is suffering from overregulation to $7 a dozen eggs. I'm tired of suffering because these ideologues are playing their little games.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think you and I have spoken about it. And I've spoken with other people about it. Just what happens when it gets cold. So if you've got an electric vehicle, uh, uh, you know, she's talking about electric vehicles. I'm thinking of big trucks, and uh, even if you eliminate the actual tanks and, and battle, uh, you know things that's used in, in 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 a fighting in in a in a war, uh, just stuff that you use to move people around, and you have to get people from one place to another. What happens when it, when you're dealing with it and you happen to be and you're you're fighting the Russians somewhere in Siberia and it's a little cold out? You, yeah you, it's, it's just sick. Those are great points.
6: We've talked about this before on the show, and I'm glad you re, you, you brought it up that, that electric batteries do not work under certain climate conditions. One of them is the extreme cold. Here's another one. you've seen video footage of when these EVs get wet and how they explode. Does that mean our tanks can't cross creeks? Are they not allowed to a- activate in the mud? What happens? Wh- what about an EMP? an electromagnetic pulse? Can we can we stop this entire brigade of tanks on the battlefield because our enemy has sent out an EMP and now they're, they're, their batteries are dead? Do we have really long extension cords? Right. Like, like these are just honest, concept, <laughs> honest questions about how electric vehicles work. And again, we, they ask us to judge them on their intentions. And Secretary Granholm will say my intention is to fight climate change. But I don't care about your, te- your, your intentions. The consequences, the reality is where we have to live. And the reality is EVs, they're not even good enough for, for recreational use or residential use. They're certainly not good enough for commercial use. Military use is a whole other category that I don't want people like Jennifer Granholm playing with.
2: And um, I wonder if anybody's done the math on, let's just say that next week, all the military vehicles that she's talking about switch to electric. Um, what would that do for climate change? I mean, what would that do for lowering the temperature of the Earth? I, 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 has anybody done the math on that?
6: No, but I'm sure they could find you from fake statistic where they say, uh, you know, we can determine that X percentage of emissions come from... Fossil fuel, come come from the military. I've seen statistics where they say, you know, 15% of our emissions come from this, 40% of our emissions come from that. And when you add it all together, we're at 500%. So, so all these numbers are fabricated. I don't believe them. I don't believe them because I think they will say whatever they want to push their agenda. Heck, I just saw a video a few hours ago where Secretary Mayorkas said, let me be clear, the border is closed. Yeah. So they will say whatever they want to push their agenda. Truth does truth is, is an inconvenient fact when you have an agenda.
2: Well, we're talking to Daniel Turner, and he's the uh, founder and executive director of Power of the Future. And you testified in front of the Ways and Means Committee uh, a week ago yesterday, I guess it was. What did they uh, have you there for, and what did you tell them?
6: Yeah, so the, the hearing was all about communist China and the green intention, the... Uh, the, the green subsidies in the Inflation Reduction Act. Biden is giving away hundreds of billions of dollars um, in green subsidies. If, if you buy uh, a solar panel, you, know, you get 30% off. If you buy an electric vehicle, you get $7,500. The purpose of the hearing was to say, who's actually getting this money? Because if you, John Steigerwald, bought an EV, the government's not giving you a $7,500 check. They're giving the manufacturer of the car $7,500. So so how are you getting subsidized? And ultimately, do those subsidies go to the makers of the car, where in this case, the vast majority are made in China? Same with the the solar panels, same with wind turbines. So that was the purpose of the hearing. Um, These subsidies are not helping regular Americans. They're helping our number one enemy, and regular Americans are suffering as a consequence. And I was there to talk about rural America and how the Biden agenda is really hurting them.
2: So uh, so if they give me a $7500 rebate, uh tax rebate, they're really not giving me anything. They are they are giving that money to the people who are making the car, is that the idea? How does that Absolutely. work?
6: Absolutely. Yeah, so if you if you the $7500 rebate, you will pay definitely $7500 less, but you are not getting that money. The the the, the either the car The dealer or ultimately the manufacturer is getting that money from the government to charge less. But why are we even doing that? Why is government so eager to have you buy wind and solar? Why is government so eager to have you buy an EV? Well, their finger is on the scale, and there are things they like and don't like. The Biden administration has determined they don't like fossil fuels. Our city mayors have determined they hate cars. Um, and, and, and that's why they make these terrible policies with bike lanes everywhere. Government is deciding that they want you to live a certain way, and and regular Americans are suffering the result of that. I'm not getting a benefit for, for buying an electric vehicle because it, it, it's useless where I live in rural Virginia. But my tax dollars are being used to give someone else that benefit, and I don't think that's exactly equitable as the phrase is.
2: I, I just uh, just somewhere on this, someone on the show brought up the point. Maybe it was you um, that you are. Maybe I just saw the story somewhere. Anyway, if you the the reason that your SUV that you paid maybe thirty five thousand dollars a year, uh, thirty five thousand dollars for five years ago, is now forty two thousand, and not just because inflation, but because the company making that Jeep that you buy, is also being uh, coerced, if that's the right word, to make more electric cars. And your, the extra money that you're paying for your Jeep Cherokee uh, is now going to um, help. The, that, that's how they get the money to pay for the Jeep Wagoneer that costs 100000 bucks.
6: Exactly. It, it, it's government skewing markets, and this never ends well. Right? This never ends well when we've tried to do this in the past. The last time we had such a, a, a confusion in the car markets was when Obama did his cash for clunkers deal, and he would give people all this money. Uh, but, but what all it did was it, it drove up the price tremendously of used cars. And so what does that mean when a lot of people, their kid turns 17 and they need a car to go Deliver pizza or drive themselves to school, and you buy a four thousand dollar car. Well, that four thousand dollar car is, was turned into an eight thousand dollar used car, um, and, and so it, it created a lot of confusion in the in the markets. Of course, as it would, markets just reacted to these government programs. So, so what what Biden is doing now uh, to, to this iconic industry? Is there any more industry more iconic than? Than the auto industry, and yet Biden is determined. He does not want you to have a combustion engine vehicle, and he is going to try to do everything he can to eliminate them.
2: So, if you pull up next to, a, if you're driving your your Jeep Wrangler uh, combustion engine, and you pull up next to a, a big Cadillac uh, electric Cadillac, I forget what they're being called now, um, but you pull up next to a big uh, electric Cadillac, you should know that the car that you're driving actually costs more so that 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 Cadillac next to you could could exist?
6: Absolutely. And, and and we're seeing this with other markets as well. The Biden administration is announcing rules that that if based upon your credit score and your home mortgage, oh. you would pay a higher percentage to subsidize those who have a worse credit score. Now, it's very unfortunate. Some people have a poor credit score. I'm not going to judge their decision. But that risk of them taking out credit is reflective in the fact that they pay higher interest rates, they have more scrutiny, etc. But if I have wonderful credit, why do I have to pay more? Because oh. you have bad
2: credit. That's one of so the worst again, things I've ever seen. Is.
6: Absolutely. It's it's truly un-American. It's truly unfree. But that's why they use the word equity. They don't like equality. They like equity because they get to decide what is equitable, whether it's about gender, whether it's about income, whether it's about race, whether it's about legal choice, they decide what is equitable and they are allowed to use the power of government to determine that outcome and that's quite frankly the the, the antithesis of a free country
2: So here's where we are with the Democrats men or women, women or men, bad credit is good and good credit is bad. Is that pretty much sum it up yeah, that's that's pretty accurate, yes. <laughs> So what's the incentive to not go
6: into debt? Yeah. What's the incentive to to pay your credit cards on time? Actually, you'll get a better deal buying a buying a mortgage, buying a house if you have lousy credit. So, so what type of behavior are we trying to encourage? Well, you know, and, and as Reagan has taught us, and it's gospel as far as I'm concerned, if you subsidize something, you get more of it. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get more people with lousy credit because the government's making it attractive. To have lousy credit. Uh, and, and this is government picking winners and losers in, in markets. It's not why we exist as a, as the greatest free nation on the world. And, you know, I was talking about this with my wonderful father earlier, um, who's deeply concerned about these issues as well. I don't think this is the death of America. I don't think we're going to turn into uh, the Congo overnight. But But what I do think it is turning America into is the malays that you see of European nations. The Malays, quite frankly, of Japan for the last twenty five years. That an economy that has minimal economic growth that that encourages people to leave. They used to come to America, right? We used to attract the world's greatest who wanted uh, uh, opportunity, so I don't know where they're going to go next, but but that's what America will become, will become France, or even, as much as I love the Brits, will become England, moderate economic growth, extremely high taxes, government-run everything, just mediocrity and, and numbness, and I don't want that for America. That's, that's why we're not Europe. It's why we're not Japan, um, uh, but that's what we're slowly becoming.
2: And And boring food, we're, we're talking to uh, Daniel Turner. He's the founder and executive director of Power of the Future. So I saw uh, that you were what's – your, what's your name on Twitter? Uh, Daniel Turner PTF for Power of the Future. Okay, Daniel Turner PTF, at Daniel Turner PTF. So I did see on Twitter that today you were uh, complaining about the traffic. You were in New York City, and uh, you mentioned, as you mentioned a minute ago here, the bike lanes. What's going on there?
6: Yeah, you know, every mayor uh, – uh, almost every mayor of every major city is a Democrat. Democrats love green things. They love mm-hmm. bike lanes. They mm-hmm. love specialized HOV lanes. And and we do these traffic surveys where we say, "Oh my gosh, that is so much traffic." Well, there's so much traffic because you took away an entire lane and dedicated it to a bus. I've never <laughs> seen the bus go down the street. <laughs> right. You took away an entire lane and dedicated it to a bike. You know, yeah. if this were Miami and this, and this where New York City is comparable to Pittsburgh in terms of climate, mm-hmm. although I think you get a little more snow than we do, you know, in Miami, maybe it would make sense. But how often are we really biking to work in cities that get snow and rain and sleet half the year, right, or four or five months of the year? So, so then they say, well, look at all the traffic. We have to charge a, combust- uh, a congestion tax. That's the newest thing for New York now. You say, well, the city's congested because you've taken entire areas that used to be roads and turned them into pedestrian plazas. Then you take roads that used to have four lanes and turn them into two. The city creates congestion with these terrible policies, and then they punish you for, for having the congestion. And ultimately, it's because they want you on mass transit. They yeah. don't want you in a car. They hate cars. They want you on their transit systems.
2: Well, there's a little bit of that going on here. I'm out of time, but I did have a guest on uh, not too long ago talking about how unsafe bike lanes are, and she had a study to prove it. They are not safe. It's a good way to get killed, is to ride in a yeah. bike lane. But other than that, they're wonderful. Hey, um,
6: <laughs> <Other than> that. <laughs>
2: yeah. hey, Daniel, always good to have you on. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Thanks, John. Okay, that's Daniel Turner, Executive Director of Power of the Future. We'll be right back.
0: Sorry News. on am John Scott. House Republicans narrowly passing a sweeping debt sailing package as they try to push President Biden into negotiations on federal spending? The start of efforts to avoid a potentially catastrophic government debt default this summer. Around the world, food prices are painfully high. However, on global markets, the prices of grains, vegetable oils, and other products such as dairy have fallen steadily.
7: The sharp fall in global food prices in world commodity markets doesn't seem to have reached the real world of shopkeepers, street vendors and families trying to make ends meet. What gives? Joseph Glauber, a former chief economist at the U.S. Department of Agriculture, says that in the U.S., for example, 75% of the costs are coming after it leaves the farm. He says the additional costs come from energy, processing, labor and transportation fees.
0: Correspondent Karen Chamas. This is SRN News.
7: Tens of thousands affected by the toxic water at Camp Lejeune are left with death cancer, Parkinson's, dementia, birth defects, and other serious illnesses. And along with the harm, so many worries.
0: My family drank the Camp Lejeune water. What if our health gets worse and we need more financial help? How do I protect my VA benefits and get the compensation I deserve and need?
7: The answer is simple. Call James Harris Law, the experienced, trusted law firm that can get you significant compensation while protecting all your VA benefits. We're already fighting for hundreds Of Marines, families, and civilians who drank Camp Lejeune water. But if you miss the deadline, you could forever lose your right to the justice you deserve. So call our Camp Lejeune legal helpline now. Now may be your last chance to receive full compensation. Don't delay. Call 800 320 7171. 800 320 7171. 800 320 7171
0: twelve fifty. The answer, The Mike Gallagher Show.
1: He's your happy conservative warrior.
0: Tucker Carlson was by far and away the most popular broadcaster on cable news. By uh, a million
1: miles, no one came close to him. The left is ecstatic over Fox News firing Tucker.
0: Breaking news and what to make of it. The Mike Gallagher Show, weekday mornings at 9, right before Del Wamsley at noon on AM 1250.
2: The Answer. Hey, John Steigerwald here for Johnny and Jesse Samick, my friends over at Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. When disaster strikes your home or business, demand the yellow van. Fire, water, or mold, Service Master's technicians are trained and equipped to get you back to normal fast. Even when dealing with insurance, you have a choice who repairs and cleans up the mess. Make sure you demand the yellow van. Call Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh.
4: Demand
6: the yellow van.
0: Service
4: Master. Hi, I'm Olivia, and I'm 11. Some people my age might think water in a basement's pretty cool. Who wouldn't want an indoor swimming pool? But my dad taught me a thing or two about homes.
5: You mean all those times I talked about waterproofing. You were actually listening?
4: Absolutely. I'm like Alexa.
5: Okay, so how does j and Waterproofing protect your home?
4: By keeping water out of the basement so it doesn't compromise the structure of your home. And... By not giving yucky mold and mildew a place to grow. Pretty good. Dad, I wasn't finished. Oh, sorry. And JD Waterproofing can save you money. Do tell. By saving you from having to replace your basement appliances from water damage.
5: I couldn't have said it better myself.
4: Got water problems? Don't cry. Call 1-800-VERY-DRY.
5: J&D Waterproofing. 1-800-AIRY-DRY. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. W223CS Pittsburgh. A division of
0: Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Odyssey. AM 1250. The Answer. Weather.
1: Cloudy tonight with occasional late night rain. Tonight's low 53. Periods of rain tomorrow, a breezy morning at a high of 59. Periods of rain tomorrow evening, otherwise cloudy skies, will see a low of 51. Rather cloudy Saturday with a couple of showers, will reach a high Saturday of 65. Sunday, periods of rain, some heavy. We'll see a high Sunday of 59. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon.
0: This is the John Steigerwald
2: Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. I'm pretty old, so I remember when American history courses were required in college. I was actually a history major for a while. You know, took history courses. Uh, history's a controversial subject, apparently, on college campuses now. 673 university professors have signed a letter that opposes requiring courses on America's founding in the Constitution. And that seems pretty dumb for an institution of higher learning. Nicholas Giordano is a professor of political science at Suffolk Community College and a campus reform higher education fellow. He joins us now. Nick, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So who are these people and who would want to go to a college that agrees with them? Well, these people
8: are lunatics, uh, and they shouldn't be teaching in the profession of higher education. What, what they claim is that enforcing and requiring students to learn about the country that they're in, about the, the government that governs them, that they're supposed to have a say, in, that learning about that violates and infringes on academic freedom. And these same frauds that complain about making American government a requirement they didn't have any problems with colleges throughout the country making diversity, equity, inclusion, and social justice as a degree requirement, forcing students to t- enroll in those types of classes. This whole thing's ridiculous. Now, we have a problem in this country because only 25% of those under the age of 45 have a basic understanding of American government and civics. In my classroom, every semester, I give my students a citizenship exam. And they all fail it with the exception of a handful. I also give them a constitutional exercise where I give them the Russian Constitution and replace Russian Federation with United States everywhere to see if they could identify that they're not reading the Constitution. And again, only a handful will be able to identify that they're not reading the American Constitution. So if you have an entire generation of students that have no idea about our founding, our history, well, then it makes it much easier to manipulate it and say we need to change it.
2: And these, uh, these 673, they're, they're all in North Carolina? Correct. And so they're saying that it's, is it the state of North Carolina that's trying to pass a law and, and they feel that that's an infringement on their freedom? And if so, uh, is University of North Carolina a state university or is it a is it, is it part private or how does that work?
8: No, it's a state university. And listen, for most degree programs, you should be required to take American government courses. Uh, that, that's actually the norm. It's been the norm throughout higher education since the founding of this country. And, and yet they want to move away from that. And, and it just shows how it's really an attack on the American identity. If pe- nobody really has been paying attention to this. But over the last few years, colleges have been changing their mission and vision statements. And one of the words or the phrases that you keep on seeing pop up is this global citizenship. So no longer do these institutions have a loyalty to America. What they're trying to build out is the idea of global citizenry, that we're part of this one world and that citizenship is just, and this is their words, not mine, that citizenship is a defect of birth.
2: (laughs) So – you know, I hear these things all the time. I've talked to you about them a couple of times on this show, um, and you know, you have a number six hundred and seventy three professors have signed the letter. How much a groupthink is there on the at the average college and on the average among the, the average college faculty? Is, are there any? How many people are willing to stand up to this insanity?
8: Well, that that's the sad part. There are some conservatives that that are in the classrooms that do teach, and we don't impose our views on the student body. That that's why we're different. We let the students actually think for themselves. We actually challenge the students. The groupthink mentality is very prevalent on college campuses. Now, obviously, it ranges from college to college and region to region, but uh, the groupthink mentality is very, very prevalent, and there are professors that don't agree with this. And I'm not talking about conservative professors. I'm talking about professors that are either centrist or Democrat and some even progressive Democrats that are very concerned about where academia is going because they see if it keeps on trending in this direction, it's pushing itself towards irrelevancy through self-inflicted wounds. And it's not like they're safe either. If we look at a lot of professors that have been suspended or fired over the course of the last couple of years... It, a lot of them were progressive professors that violated some orthodoxy, some of these woke rules that nobody really knows.
2: And um, wh- what's the what's the harm in teaching American history, or, or teaching about the Constitution? What uh, so, uh, taking out the idea that you know they feel like their freedom uh, is being inf- uh, is being infringed upon. What what would be their objection? to teaching history and teaching about the Constitution.
8: Well, they don't have any good reasons, and that's why at Campus Reform we highlight these issues so the American public is aware. They don't have any real reasons or justification. They're hiding behind the veil of academic freedom, yet we're seeing academic freedom get violated every day because of diversity, equity, and inclusion requirements that are being built into the curriculums, that are being built into degree programs. So... It's simply that they want to destroy the American identity. That's the only thing you can conclusion you could come to, that, that they view the United States as an evil country. They view the United States as some horrible place, yet we are the most unique nation in the world that takes all these different people from these different places, and we come together and coexist well together. Nowhere else does that exist. But what they want to do is separate us out into groups. It's why at Campus Reform, we're we're highlighting the graduations, the segregated graduations, where they want to make us into a tribal society. They want to lump us into these groups based on identity and then pit these groups against one another.
2: Well, if I'm a parent and I'm looking at shelling out thousands and thousands of dollars to send my kid to a college, why would I send him to a place that, where it's that is populated by teachers who hate america why would anybody uh, other than an idiot progressive or you know or a socialist or communist you know someone who's of that ilk already why am i sending my kid to, to any college in north carolina
8: well parents and students have been programmed that you have to go to college and that's the only viable alternative however over the last couple of years, given the student loan debt, given the constant increasing in costs of, of a college education, the, the debt ratio, it doesn't make sense. The cost versus benefit analysis, parents are starting to rethink this and say, well, I'm going to send my kid to go get indoctrinated. Then they're going to get a piece of paper and they can't get a job. Why am I going to spend tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars to do that? And parents are rethinking that, students are rethinking attending college, and we see it in the enrollment numbers because enrollments are declining throughout the entire country with the exception of the Ivy League and then some a few other institutions. Most colleges are facing enrollment declines, and it's because people don't want to be pay, uh, pay for being indoctrinated. They want to be paid. They want to pay the tuition. In order to get an education, learn how to think critically, become productive members of society, and get a job, get a career that's going to make sense and pay back any loans they had to take out.
2: So, if I'm running a college and or, or university, and I'm seeing enrollment dwindling every year, and I know that, um, and I know that the reason for it is what you just described. Why aren't there colleges out there? Uh, if I'm running a college, I, I'm running an ad that says, we teach, we don't indoctrinate. Come, come and see us. Look at our courses. Look at the courses that we offer and require, and they're different from these other places. And we, we do not send your son or daughter here to be indoctrinated. Send her, her, her or him here to be taught. Why Why isn't somebody doing that? This is a, it's a marketing um uh, uh, approach to it?
8: there is It's a brilliant marketing approach, and we actually have seen enrollment increases at some conservative schools because of exactly that reason. And you would think that more administrators and college presidents would wake up to the reality of, of what they're facing. Now, some have. I have to say you have colleges in Texas, even some in North Carolina, not the University of North Carolina, but others that have actually begun to start to do away with some of these diversity, equity, inclusion, hiring requirements that they had on, it's small steps, it's baby steps, but some are coming to the realization that, hey, businesses are gonna be doing, they have started, so Google, IBM, Ford, they've started to move away from the degree requirements for certain positions. And that's what has woken some of the colleges up to say, hey, wait a minute, if the employers are dropping degree requirements, that's gonna kill our business model, so we better get our act together. But unfortunately, the vast majority of them are infected with the groupthink mentality. And don't forget, a lot of colleges and universities, they receive money from the government itself and are fully funded by the government of their public institution. And a lot of the private institutions, the four-year institutions, they receive a lot of foreign contributions. So if that's keeping them afloat, they don't need to change their ways. They just have foreign governments giving them money, and the foreign governments do that to buy influence.
2: Well, the, uh, the liberal Democrat governor of Pennsylvania, within, uh, you know, 20 minutes of being inaugurated, made the announcement that uh, uh, of thousands and thousands of jobs in Pennsylvania government that will no longer require a college degree. That's the state of Pennsylvania.
8: Correct. And we're seeing that in a lot of places where you have municipalities that are dropping down the degree requires some are only requiring 60 college credits, no degree. Others are dropping college altogether. Uh, they'd rather work experience. So this is where I, I implore the higher education system. Stop with the self-inflicted wounds. Get your act together. Provide an actual education that produces productive citizens that know how to contribute to society.
2: And look at me. Here I am sitting here. I went to four colleges in six years and never graduated. You know so uh, you know don't but don't use me as an example please um, so uh, from what I understand high school graduates aren't any better at history than they are at reading and math uh, based on the numbers that you have and what you see when they show up on campus um, and this is the other thing that I just I, I, I just can't get into my head uh, I see these numbers there all the time that you know there's a uh, there are there are um, X number of schools in Baltimore, and they couldn't find one kid who had the reading proficiency or a math proficiency that he's supposed to have. And is there any other profession that, is, that, is, that has, been, has been able to get away with being as incompetent as teachers if you base the, those, their incompetency on those numbers? If only 20, if, you're, if, if you were going to work every day to teach kids how to read, and at the end of a year, 25% of them, uh, uh, not, 0% of them actually read at the level they're supposed to, what were you doing, and why, are you, why aren't you refunding your money, and why aren't you fired? I know it's tenure and unions and all that, but is there any profession that fails more often, more, more widely, and is not penalized for it?
8: Yeah, people in government.
2: <laughs> okay. well, no, But they, they have to be reelected at least and then maybe illegally or, you know. Uh, no,
8: I'm talking about the ones that are appointed. You know, we, yeah. we just witnessed. You, you look at the people in government are
2: actually largely responsible for the failures of
8: schools. So you, you said Baltimore. So yeah. $21,000 a year per student. And out of 53 high schools, not one produces a kid that's proficient in math In my state of New York. We performed twice below the national average. So what did the New York State Board of Regents do in Albany? Well, they decided to drop what basic proficiency means. They actually lowered (laughs) the bar. So instead of saying, hey, we got a huge problem here, students aren't meeting proficiency levels, they said, no, we need to lower the bar to reflect the new normal coming out of COVID. That's how insane these people are. They should not be in these positions. You have Randy Weingarten testing fine before Congress yesterday no. talking about how she wanted the schools open. They want to rewrite history. I mean, she's sitting there saying, well, we wanted to get children back at school. No, we only have to go back two years. We have videotape of it. No, you didn't. You said that you were not returning to the classrooms. And nobody's ever held accountable. If you introduce accountability into the system, that will go a long way. That will be helpful. If you revamp some of the curriculums, that will be helpful. Now, I don't want to place it all on the teachers' backs because there's plenty of good teachers out there. There's also cultural issues going on, family structures. Students don't read anymore. They have all these gadgets and the cell phones, and they're distracted. So there's other factors outside of the classroom, outside of government, that need to be dealt with. But within government, we need to hold the top-level officials who are accountable – for destroying an entire generation's education.
2: Well, why would the union vote to have themselves be held accountable?
8: Because Randy Weingarten, the union president and the president of the NEA, they actually made our jobs more difficult. So they just cycled students through the system, even though they didn't get the education they were supposed to receive in the previous grade. So by the time they get to my college course, they're not college-level ready. And so I have to go back to basics. I should be teaching advanced American government theory. Instead, I got to teach them about the role of Congress and what Congress does and what the executive branch does. The profession of teaching has actually gotten more difficult as a direct result of those claiming that they actually care about education, as a direct result of those in power that state that they're working to fix the education system. No, they destroyed the education system.
2: Well, I'm out of time. Uh, Nick Giordano, professor of political science at Suffolk Community College, Campus Reform higher education fellow. Where do people find you?
8: Campusreform.org, and they can find me on Twitter at PAS
2: Report. And I hope they find you here again. We'll have you on again soon. Thanks, Nick. Thanks a lot. appreciate it. We'll be right back.
9: My son, Finn, was born with congenital heart disease. He ended up spending about the first eight months of his life in the hospital. During that time, he endured 10 surgeries, including an open-heart surgery. Starlight Children's Foundation has played an important role in my family's life. For five weeks when he was a baby, Finn lived in a Starlight Hero wagon. You could not understand the pure joy of having him go from a hospital bed into his favorite red wagon— Starlight doesn't just give items that hospitalized kids can use to keep themselves happy, but also memories, moments, and experiences which are so needed in times like these. They allow sick kids to just be kids for a little while. The support that Starlight provides to families like mine is an integral part to creating happiness at a time when there's very little to be found. Learn more about how Starlight Children's Foundation brightens the lives of sick kids by visiting starlight.org today.
1: The word is out. People are abandoning their overpriced wireless carriers and flocking to PureTalk for the same 5G coverage, but at a fraction of the price. In fact, the average family saves over $800 a year when switching from Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. And switching is so easy. You can keep your phone, keep your number, or get huge discounts on the latest iPhones and Androids. Right now, you can get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Or if you still want unlimited data, you can get that and still sell save a fortune so make the switch and get the same coverage as the big guys but at half the price go to puretalk.com type in your address to find the coverage at your home then enter promo code half off and you'll save an additional 50 percent off your first month that's puretalk.com promo code half off switch to Pure Talk and get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data for just $30 a month. Because Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless.
10: Did you know that most adults with autism are unemployed and a major hurdle is the lack of job opportunities? Well, that's about to change. Thanks to a new initiative from Autism Speaks, Lee Container, the J. Donald and Laurel Lee Family Foundation Fund, and Delivering Jobs, that seeks to create a more inclusive workforce in the U.S. Lee Container is a family Owned business that has found success by staying true to the golden rule treat others as you would want to be treated. There are hundreds of thousands of people with autism and people with intellectual or developmental differences who are ready and willing to work in our communities. Our coalition is committed to hiring an inclusive workforce, providing training for hiring professionals, and providing guidelines for all employees. Together, we can create a workforce where people of all abilities can contribute and thrive. Will you join us? We are inviting other businesses, institutions, and community leaders to join in. To learn more, please visit AutismSpeaks.org slash employment.
0: The John Steigerwall
2: Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, tomorrow, um, at uh, in our first segment, we're going to have Hans von Spakovsky on. He and uh, Jay Christian Adams have been uh, working on a series where they've checked into 10 different law schools Uh, This ties in with what we just talked about in our last segment. That's why I'm mentioning this now. Uh, And he points out in a piece that he wrote today at PJ Media. We'll talk to him about this tomorrow. Parents are paying $331,350 for for these uh, people to go to law school at Columbia. And the law school's focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion is such a fixture of the Columbia law experience that the law school's social justice Social Justice Initiative has a weekly discussion series on social activism, civil and human rights, racial justice, law and the arts and mass incarceration. So they're doing the same thing at law school. They're just charging you more. Uh, So that's if you want to send your kid to law school, you might want to look around or if you want to put, put it this way. By the time he goes to law, he or she goes to law school, you're probably not going to have a whole lot of say in which one they go to. But if you're paying for it, you might want to look into what exactly is happening at the law school. Meanwhile, uh, Tucker Carlson's not on tonight at 8 o'clock, so I won't be watching uh, Fox News. Fortunately, tonight, I'm still a sports fan, uh, not like I used to be, uh, but uh, the NFL draft is tonight. So I will be able to watch the draft and uh, not have to worry about who's replacing Tucker Carlson tonight. And I don't watch any other uh, Fox primetime. And they bore me to death most of the time. So the, the, uh, the NFL draft is tonight, and a, and a quick – Uh, Draft story, well, I just want to let you know that the way things used to be when I was working and covering the draft, how crazy it was. Uh, On draft day today, we would have, right now, we would be sitting uh, over at KDKA-TV with airline tickets to several different places based on where we think or thought the Steelers' number one draft pick was going to come from. And the instant that that person was drafted, we would be on a plane headed to that person's hometown, so that we'd be on the ground, hit the hit the ground running, and do stories on the kid, and you know, talk to his parents, do the usual, the kind of story that you would expect to see on a you know on a draft day feature, maybe the next day, or even that night at 11 o'clock. And not not only that, but there used to be a lot of espionage going on. All three local TV stations would be hoping that they predicted right who the draft pick was going to be and go to the right spot. But if not, all three stations were at the airport, sniffing around, snooping around. This is back before security is the way it was now, the way it is now. And we would be waiting for this draft pick to arrive, and we'd get pictures of him getting off the plane and heading into Pittsburgh. And there was one night where the draft pick got off. He was walking through security, and Channel 11's news director was holding up his briefcase to cover his face so Channel 4 and Channel 2 couldn't get his picture. Those days are long gone. I'll talk John to you
0: tomorrow. This is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Servicemaster of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van.